Welcome to Innovation Destination, the podcast channel for supply chain industry professionals. This episode is part of our Executive Perspective series, where we will hear from the C-suite of the electronics and manufacturing industry. Here's your host, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Connect, Tyler Fussner. Colin, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you, Tyler. It's a, it's a pleasure to be uh, with you today. Uh, if you could please introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us a little bit about Rochester Electronics. Sure, yeah. Um, my name's Colin Struther. I'm Executive Vice President of Rochester Electronics. I've been in the uh, semiconductor industry um, for over 30 years, the last 16 with Rochester, um, both initially in the UK and, uh, and here in the US since 2014. I'm responsible globally for sales, marketing, supplier development, uh, product and technology, supply chain, operations, and business applications. Uh, Rochester is a privately owned, family operated business. Uh, we were founded in 1981 by our founder and CEO, Mr. Kurt Gerrish. Kurt identified uh, a need uh, in the market for an authorized source of supply of EOL devices. And, uh, and as I say, founded the company. Um, for, for over 40 years in partnership with over 70 leading semiconductor manufacturers, uh, we provide a continuous source of critical semiconductors, both active components to solve supply chain disruption and EOL semiconductors to, to meet long-term customer needs. Excellent, excellent. And, um, you know, Colin, I, I really wanted to hear your perspective and, and the Rochester perspective on the counterfeit issue that the industry faces. Uh, you know, specifically how distributors, manufacturers, and purchasers, you know, all converge and address this problem. I think Rochester's in a unique position being both a manufacturer and a distributor. So I would love to hear if uh, you could tell me a little bit more about the manufacturing side of Rochester Electronics. Yeah, good good questions, Tyler. I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll maybe split them into two parts, if I may. One, anti-counterfeit, and two, related to, to to product, be it distribution or manufacturing. Um, from an anti-counterfeit perspective, uh, our position has always been uh, twofold. One, edu- education, and two, advocacy. Uh, from an education perspective, I think it's fair to say that few companies have championed the anti-counterfeit cause more than uh, Rochester. Um, in 2006, we launched a comprehensive anti-counterfeit awareness campaign with our um, uh, supply partners to expose counterfeit and substandard products in the supply chain. We initiated the formation of the Semiconductor Industry Association's Anti-Counterfeiting Task Force. We actively promote best procurement practices, combating counterfeit and substandard products, and we work collaboratively with Customs and Border Protection, the DOJ and other legal entities. From an advocacy standpoint, we firmly believe to avoid any counterfeit product and avoid any risk, it really is as simple as buying from an authorised source of supply, such as Rochester Electronics. However, today it becomes more confusing because in the marketplace, there's a a variety of companies. Once it was authorised distribution and independent distribution, Today, you have what's known as hybrid distribution. 
and that's companies that maybe have some authorizations or they may have authorizations in franchise authorizations in certain geographies uh, or only for certain products. So it's really important that customers understand the difference between fully authorized, independent and hybrid so that they can make the best educated purchase and decision. So Rochester will continue to do the best to educate on the, the dangers and the risk associated. We'll continue to work with agencies to in the detection and prevention, but ultimately customers are able to buy from companies that are 100% authorized by the original manufacturer for all of the products that they carry in all geographies in the world. We really do firmly believe that's the, uh, that's the best way of avoiding the risk associated with counterfeit product. So the second point you mentioned there, uh, Tyler, was uh, that Rochester is both a manufacturer and a distributor. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Rochester's mission is to drive customer success. And we achieve this by offering product solutions, whether it's our, our in-stock inventory from the original manufacturer, whether it's Rochester manufactured products under license from the original manufacturer, or whether it's in-house turnkey services such as wafer processing, assembly, or test uh, that we provide customers and our suppliers to enable them to provide the product. Um, so ultimately, our goal is to provide the broadest and deepest uh, product offer to the customer. Uh, everything we do is sold to the original manufacturer's part number. Uh, every part that we manufacture is tested to every parameter of the original manufacturer's technical data sheet. So to customers, it's important that they understand perhaps that there's been a, a, a change from the original manufacturer's part or a part that Rochester manufacturers um, and we, we provide the information that's required, but ultimately we're supplying the original manufacturer's part number to customers who are able to put that part uh, with confidence in their end application uh, without the need to do any software changes, requalification, uh, recertification, and, and that includes customers across a variety of higher L industries, including customers that we serve uh, in the uh, civil aerospace market. When it comes to the manufacturing element, there's, there's a lot of talk today about um, in-house manufacturing, onshore manufacturing. And I think something that I guess is worthwhile to, to mention is that Rochester has been and continues to be in-house onshore manufacturer and we have been since the uh, the 1990s um, the reason we got into manufacturing originally was uh intel approached us in the 90s we were and as we are today uh, a franchise distributor of intel intel uh wished to get out of their military product line but they they had customers that they wished to continue to serve and they needed a partner uh domestically who could continue the production for them. And one of the key elements there was the critical nature of these devices and the, the secure IP requirement. So Rochester built up our manufacturing capabilities and actually transferred over the entire production line from Intel. That included any work in progress, that included wafer and dye, uh, that included the, 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 the test equipment, the test programs, uh, the packages, the lead frames, the tooling for the packages and lead frames, and even to the extent that we hired uh, a number of uh, engineers from Intel to continue uh, the production line. 
decades later, we can still continue to manufacture those devices in-house. And really, since then, over the, the, the decades that have followed, we've really built out up our manufacturing capability and we now are able to uh, provide an ongoing source of supply of Rochester manufactured product under license across a range of technologies and, uh, and manufacturers. Yeah, Colin, it sounds like the decades of manufacturing experience are invaluable to Rochester and uh, the insights you must have been able to glean and, and learn from uh, being able to onshore and, and bring in all that manufacturing expertise. It's, uh, I'm sure it's also helped you on the distribution side of the business. Kind of why I wanted to understand that is uh, because from the purchaser's perspective, if you're looking to combat the counterfeit issue, you know maybe you start looking at uh, authorized distributors or licensed manufacturers. And if they look at someone like Rochester who, who falls into both of those, you know, it, it seems like a, a sure bet to understand exactly what you're getting when you're dealing with uh, with an authorized distributor or a licensed manufacturer. But what exactly does that authorization mean? What does that what does that mean from the perspective of the purchaser? Are there certain standards or certifications that they should be looking for when they're uh, trying to source the products? That's a really good point, Tyler, and just just something I'd like to to reiterate in terms of the decades of manufacturing experience. Clearly, this is complex semiconductor products in-house and onshore that requires a, a significant investment in capabilities, that's uh, facilities, it's equipment, and it's highly experienced specialized engineering resources. And we find ourselves very fortunate today. Uh, clearly, there's a movement to, to onshore uh, semiconductor manufacturing. And, you, you know, in the news, there's... Uh, there's uh, reported shortages of skilled skilled workers domestically. Because we've been looking to recruit this talent over the past few decades, we, we find ourselves in a very, very fortunate position that we already have all of this in-house. The reality is, is that because we are making uh, typically legacy products that are EOL, we, we really do rely on that legacy knowledge that really no longer exists um, elsewhere. So when I also talk about counterfeit products and the really the binary nature of buying from an authorized source, I kind of want to touch on um, manufactured products in as much as uh, Rochester's parts, we meet every parameter of the original manufacturer's technical data sheet. We label the part with the original manufacturer's part number. You can only do that if the part is copy exact. And what we have customers where Rochester supply manufactured product where we have fabricated silicon into high rel applications such as civil aviation that negates the end customer having to do any additional recertification, flight testing, requalification. So whilst the actual component will cost more because obviously we're making um, smaller quantities than in the production environment and it's a highly specialized engagement. It, the value that we provide to our customers in that area is to keep their legacy programs, which span decades uh, going, it, it is invaluable. So your other question in terms of how can you ensure that you're buying from a 100% authorized source of supply? It's really difficult. And 
even confuses me at times, Tyler. I may look on online, I may look at a company, you know, they may display suppliers' logos, which makes you think that they are franchised. It's only when you dig into it deeper, it may say, or it can source or can supply. Additionally, you see websites where some companies have a level of franchise authorization, but it's only on a small range of products. They may also offer from the same manufacturers or different recertified products. They may also offer products for which they hold no franchises. An example might be they might have some connector and emec franchises and offer semiconductor or some semiconductor franchises and offer connectors and emec they may have a franchise and they may market globally but they may not hold that franchise in all the world's markets so there's two ways that you really need to look at this one is what are the standards that they have but even that can be confusing what are the quality systems that they have which i'll touch on in a minute but really go to the original manufacturer's website look at distributors look at who's authorized and look at which regions they are authorized in and at that point you really are making every best effort you possibly can to ensure the company is representing themselves fairly and you have the confidence to buy from that company um, accordingly but just wanted to touch on quality systems for a moment if i may tyler Rochester's invested heavily in IATF 16949, which is the, the automotive standard. Very few companies, and I'm actually not familiar with any other companies in distribution, currently have that standard. The reason we did it was twofold. One, because we are a manufacturer and a distributor, we required it to be able to manufacture product that would be adopted by the automotive industry. Rochester manufactured product and the other reason we did it as a as a quality management system it's it's very very thorough and it really makes you look at every aspect of your business so as a quality management system it touches manufacturing it touches supply chain it touches finance it touches HR it, it goes right up to the goals that are set in the business plan of ownership so that's just another thing to look at. Um, all standards are not equal. What standards do people have? Uh, all authorizations are not equal. What do they? What do they truly have? I think there's a lot to take into account from a purchasing perspective. Um, like you mentioned, there are certainly different levels to qualifications and standards, and it really makes you makes you think that you know you have to do your homework and, and understand who exactly you're getting into business with and the qualifications, the authorizations that they have for certain lines. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we talk about counterfeit semiconductor products, but the complexity of counterfeiting is, is truly astonishing. So, you know, in its basic form, I think we're thinking of perhaps parts that have been, you know, stripped from circuit boards over a pot of molten solder in a street, or parts that have been remarked, or, or maybe parts that have no silicon. And I've been to some of the, the, the infamous semiconductor malls, and I, I've seen all of this. But I've also been in parts of the world where I've literally been in a store, and I could have, I could have bought a counterfeit iPhone. I was able to pick it up. I was able to connect to the store Wi-Fi. I was able to 
to find my way to changing the language setting to English. It, it looked and felt like an iPhone, but it wasn't. It, 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 it was a counterfeit device running Android with, with some software overlay. And the reality, Tyler, is to make something of that complexity, it, it really has to run down the same automated assembly lines and skilled operators as an original device. So what really struck me at that moment is that we can't stop it and people will become more complex and people who maybe don't have the full authorization or, or don't offer 100% fully traceable products to the original manufacturer, who maybe do offer recertified products, who maybe do sell products out of franchise. That's inevitable because what they are doing is, is they're making best efforts to market what they have and make it represented in a certain way. What Rochester does is hold to our original founding principles as a 100% authorized source of supply, be it as an authorized distributor and, 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 and subsequently as a licensed manufacturer, and it's 100% binary. So I think that, you know, Rochester's unique nature may need a little bit of an explanation, but I think in today's marketplace, the semiconductor marketplace is established. It's fully established. I've worked for some of the other major companies. Rochester's been in business since 1981. I think if you look at the websites of the major semiconductor manufacturers and you look at who is fully authorized, you'll see a correlation. And it's generally a handful of companies. Does that make sense? So I think, you know, I do understand that customers sometimes need to go out with that, particularly, you know, when there's maybe some, some shortages. Rochester doesn't have every part for every manufacturer or the capability to make every part from every manufacturer. But if, if you make the decision to start with the few, I think that's the best place to be. Yeah, it's a complicated and complex issue, you know, especially when, like you said, you can get down to a, a product that's almost a mirror image of, of what would be an, an original product. It really makes you think, you know, and, and, and understand that you have to make the right decisions to where you're getting these products from because surface level, it can look, uh, it can look like the real deal. But um, I think that uh, it comes back to something that you raised and it can be as simple as leaving it to a binary decision. It's either doing business with a 100% authorized source or not. Exactly. And one of, the, one of the things that has always been a concern to me is latent defects. So from my engineering days in a contract manufacturer, you know, ESD precautions were very, very prevalent. And, um, you know, how have products been handled? So full traceability in the supply chain is critical because a 100% authorized distributor receiving factory direct product, there's integrity in the whole supply chain. Once that integrity is broken, the component may not be, it may not be counterfeit, but how has it been handled? It may have been handled without ESD precautions. That may not show itself initially, but over time, will there be a latent defect that will show itself when the product 
is in use in the application. If it was a more consumer-based application, the consequences may be relatively minor. The TV remote will, will stop working, the, the washing machine won't switch on. But in a, in a safety-critical application, or in a, an, let's say it's an energy application where it's in the drill head, for example, the, the, the cost of failure is enormous. So again, 100% authorized factory direct supply chain security is, is really binary in my mind. And, um, you know, just buying a part that, that you believe is, came from an authorized source, it, it really isn't enough. You really need that full chain of custody end to end. Yeah, and it, it sounds like having that transparency and that insight into you know the procurement process from a purchasing end um, is vital, and and you you do want to know exactly how that product got to your hands, so how it got to your ability to design that in for your end use, and it, it kind of leads into something I wanted to ask you, you know, from a purchaser who maybe has uh, selected a, an authorized uh, channel for procurement, what are some technologies or services that they should be on the lookout for that would help them in, best engage with such channels of procurement? Um, maybe you can speak to some technologies or strategies that Rochester implements to help provide that trust and transparency in addressing customer needs. Our success for over 40 years is built on authenticity trust and meeting the customers where they are at reacting quickly to their demands but also proactively trying to provide valuable product and service solutions um, with the semiconductor manufacturers we represent and partner with today uh, we meet our customers globally online and in person i'm a great believer in understanding a customer's needs and building uh, relationships. So we continue to invest uh, globally in physical resources. Uh, in the last month, uh, I've, I've just signed three new leases, which expand on existing facilities, and we'll add resources in several new countries in the um, in the second half of 2023 to expand our our global footprint. However, it's our digital transformation journey that really excites me. In addition as we look to provide uh, online local language, web support, product content across all of the major geographies. And uh, another thing that I think is of interest is, um, you know, everyone's talking about AI at the moment, but I'm thinking about trusted AI, which safeguards sensitive customer data, only using what is consensually provided, but how can we use that to deliver enhanced and personalized contents, services globally in real time and in a variety of local languages. Um, customers today, you've got to meet them, Tyler, where they're at, how they want to be met. And, and that can be in a variety of different um, uh, modes. You know, I was in a customer recently in Brazil and they wanted to meet in person so we could better understand their needs and what challenges they had. Uh, so we could exchange information uh, ongoing because they wanted Rochester to highlight potential solutions before they identified the problem. So they were not reacting. They want to pick up the phone and talk to their, uh, their inside salesperson in Portuguese uh, during, during working hours. 
They want to go online and, and look at our product and information. They want to go online and they want to download a copy of their invoice or upload a, a bill of material. So customers today, they don't necessarily just want one way of interacting. They want a variety of ways of interacting. And we want to be interacting in a proactive manner and having the physical conversation, but also the, the digital conversation, tying it both together. But there has to be relevancy here, right? Because customers are busy and you, you, you don't want to bother them. What you want to do is continually provide them value to enable their success. Yeah, I think it's it's very important to have a wide range of choices to connect and engage with a provider, not only to be able to engage in the way that you prefer to, but I think, you know, if the last few years have taught us anything, it's having the ability to pivot and maybe uh, some changes have come up where you're going to have to engage in a, in a way differently than you had before. So it, it's good to understand, you know, when you're looking to purchase and, and engage with a provider that, you know, there are options out there. There are different avenues and different technologies being implemented to help boost that engagement, to really help sure up that engagement and offer a, a wide variety of choices. Yet yeah, a couple of things, Tyler, in, in closing. So one was to, to, you know, talk back again about our education and our advocacy. So, you know, we continue to, to educate in terms of uh, anti-counterfeit and uh, recommended purchase and practices. And, and we remain staunch advocates of uh, you're either 100% authorized or you're not. And today there's blending. When you look at um, companies who uh, are effectively hybrid, so they're, they're selling franchise products, recertified products, products that they may not have the franchise for. That to me is the biggest danger because it's not one or the other. So again, where's the product came from? How has it been handled? Is it 100% authorized in my geography for the products I'm purchasing or not? It's binary, it's digital, it's one or zero. So I would really recommend customers take that on board in their purchasing decisions. Another thing I'd like to kind of mention, if I may, is uh, Rochester may be thought of primarily for end-of-life product. Um, however, from a technology standpoint, we leave no stone unturned in our drive to deliver customer success, uh, whether, whether this is through factory automation, warehouse management, uh, trusted AI. Our focus is resolute on people, processes, and technology to drive the business outcome. And the business outcome never changes at Rochester Electronics. It's customer success. We're here to deliver customer success. It's part of our mission statement from 1981, and it's the, our, our guiding principle. And the last thing I'd like to say is just, you know, thank you to uh, all of our customers. Thank you to our supply partners. Thank you to everyone that engages with Rochester. We very much appreciate that opportunity. Colin, thank you for sitting down and joining us today. It was a lot of great information. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Tyler. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovation Destination. Follow us online at supplychainconnect.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest supply chain industry news. Do you have any questions or is there a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode? Please contact us at editors at supplychainconnect.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-S at supplychainconnect.com.